0: Hey, this is Peter Kafka. I'm the host of Recode Media. And in February, Kara Swish and I are going to bring together the smartest and most interesting people in the media world to Huntington Beach in Southern California. We want you to be there. It's the Code Media Conference, February 12th and 13th. You can learn more by going to recode.net slash events.
1: Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode, and I'm Lauren Good, senior tech editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Two Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media podcast network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything at all. Like, when is Kara going to invite me on as a guest host of your other show? Well, no. I am
2: funnier than Dick Costolo. Yeah, guest maybe host maybe means not, people
1: not know. working for Vox Media. Guest hosts. Yeah, but you're Casey Newton. Yeah, but that's because he was having a new podcast. Oh. If you have a new podcast, I'll have you on. How about that? Oh, how about we um, we consider You're it new coming. in the new year? i you completely. <laughs> You're not coming. Well, that's my question. <laughs> Anyway, it was, Dick was very good, and we have some more really cool guests coming.
2: I'm not funnier than Alexandra Petri. No, I you're say. not. She she was, very she's funny. very funny. I laughed out loud during that podcast. the Supreme
1: Court. Supreme <laughs> Courting. That's the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Supreme Courting. Um, anyway, <laughs> send us your questions. Find us uh, on the Twitter or tweet them to at Recode or myself or to Lauren with the hashtag
2: TooEmbarrassed. We also have an email address, TooEmbarrassed at Recode.net. And friendly reminder, there are two R's and two S's. Yes. And Embarrassed for the Fox and Fox yes, Media podcast not for spelling. But yes. So Kara, smart speakers, yeah. they're a thing. The thing. A thing. yes. A thing. They've been a thing. Haven't they been a thing? Well, it's the thing. Speakers have been around yeah. forever. Yeah. And then Bluetooth speakers had their moment, yeah. which we're yeah. both familiar with because we yes. both covered jawbone, jawbone over the years. Yeah, I still have and, one. And now I have so many, I have so many jawbone. I like yeah, I think someday I'm going to have a museum that hopefully rivals Walt's oh, personal jawbone. tech museum. <laughs> Except for me, it's gonna be all these crappy and unwearable it. wearables. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but I'll look back on the lovingly mm-hmm. and okay. fondly. Right. Um, but anyway, so Bluetooth speakers had their moment mm-hmm. and now speakers right. are getting voice control and yep. they're experiencing this kind of reinvention. Yeah, in from the sense. Echo, from
1: Amazon. Right?
2: And, uh, um, yeah, due in large part to, to Amazon. Uh, what were your first speakers?
1: Oh, I had a big pair of wooden looking speakers that you plugged into the back of a stereo with a record player. I mean, like big. Really? they were, big. I, they were You could sit on them. They could be furniture. Were they in your family home or those were the, were the first ones you bought as an adult? I had them in my teen room. You know. What were you listening to? And you have to, to, I don't know, Dan Fogelberg. (sighs) This is amazing. Captured Angel. (laughs) Anyway, didn't Um, you do like a with Cher or something? Me? Did I go out with Cher? No, no, no. No. Sick. Dan Fogelberg, didn't he? No, I don't know. I, mean, I didn't follow. You didn't follow <laughs> people like that then. It wasn't such a sick media environment. I
2: remember listening to Smashing Pumpkins on my
1: no. CD player and as a teenager. Speakers. But my first like fancy one, one that we're talking in this era was the Java for sure. Yeah, was a jawbone speaker, which right. was cool, which was really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean,
2: Bluetooth for, for audio files. The early days of Bluetooth were like yep. painful because the sound quality was jawbone so poor. Was the first but but was, it was like, you could wow. just yeah, it was it was you could just stream your music. Yeah. Uh, so if you've been following the world of speakers over the past several years, you're probably familiar with Sonos. I have a Sonos.
1: I have multiple Sonos. Okay. I have one on my TV, one of those bars or whatever you call. And you
2: one. have a sound bar. Yeah, that. I have uh. I don't. Know, I just two it play
1: ones
2: Circuit and City. a play three. Oh, good. All right. Yes. Uh. And I want to get the Sonos one, but we're going to get to that. And if you've been following the news lately, then you know that Sonos has its work cut out for it yeah. because Apple will soon be launching the
1: HomePod. Yeah. So today on Two Maris Ask, we're delighted to be joined by the Sonos CEO, Patrick Spence. Patrick took over as CEO just a year ago. We had we actually debuted a Sonos device at All Things D 100 years ago. It's a very good <laughs> story, actually. Um, he was previously acting as president and prior to that was chief commercial officer at Sonos. Um, and now he's no stranger to competing with Apple. He was at BlackBerry before that. Oh, my God, you like a glutton for punishment. <laughs> was it Research in Motion back then? Was that what it's called? That's right. That's right. And and you, were you at there when you guys debuted the Sonos thing at, at All Things T? Were you there? No,
3: I wasn't. But I've heard the story many times. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Steve tells Steve Jobs it's just great with screaming. Steve Jobs. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Why was the story... CEO John was. John Marlin, Yeah, mm-hmm. who's great. Who I know really well. He debuted it at, at uh, and he also was a sponsor one year too, by the way. He gave away some of the speakers. But the year they debuted it, um, he was all excited to meet Steve Jobs, who was his big um, hero. Like, he loved Steve Jobs. And so he, we had this little room where all the different uh, speakers could show off their wares and stuff like that. And we called it the Science Project uh, kind of thing, at the Science Fair. And Jobs walked in the room, was walking around with Walt and me looking around at everything, just, hello, hello. And he made a beeline for John, and John was so excited. You could see him being like, oh, yay, and he goes... He t- puts his finger in his face. He goes, I'm going to sue you out of business. <laughs> because the wheel, the track wheel, looked like the track wheel on the iPod. Yeah, the exactly. IPod, yeah. Yep, that's yeah.
3: exactly right. Yeah, and so right.
1: he, qu- he literally was like, I'm going to sue you, you asshole. Blah, blah, blah. And John was like, eh. Uh. We <laughs> were like, well, okay then. <laughs> Did he ever sue? I don't think so. He did, but he was real mean. He was real mean. And, <laughs> uh, and, and, but John was still happy to be yelled at by Steve Jobs. I guess I don't know. He was like, "That was great." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> was
3: very, was we really took it. Funny. We, I think. Yeah. I think John took it as a sign of respect in terms of you know no, think think about what we built. No,
1: I think he was pissed I think he was. He was not. No, he was like, "You copied my." Fantastic design. He really uh, thought he was mad. That's always one way to turn it into a win, right? Yeah, it Someone threatens a
2: suit and you're like, there well, was no you win. know, he I'm was good genuinely, enough to be sued. And then
1: afterwards when we went like, asshole, fuck him. Like, just <laughs> <laughs> just like, <laughs> but John got to meet Steve Jobs in any case.
2: There oh. you go. Patrick, <laughs> welcome to the show. Oh, Thank you. Now you're going out again. <laughs> I don't <like>, think <laughs> <like> Tim
1: Cook's <laughs> going to do that to you, but anyway.
2: <laughs> okay, so for people who maybe aren't as uh, familiar with Sonos as we are, or maybe they're familiar with the company, but they haven't tried the speakers themselves, Explain Sonos's position in the bigger speaker market and the concept of the wireless multi-room speaker setup that Sonos is well known for.
3: Yeah, so, you know, it's important to think back uh, to the market back in about 2005 because really the home audio market was pretty stagnant at the point that we came up with our first product. And so, you know, it meant lots of cables and wires and there just hadn't been a lot of innovation. And what we had recognized at that point is that a combination of computing, home Wi-Fi, and digital music would really allow us to create a system that could fill a home with music. And so, you know, starting right from components that would tie in old stereo systems to building integrated speakers, I think the key thing at the end of the day is Sonos made it easy to fill your home with music, leveraging all of the new technologies that were out there. And it's really been over the last decade uh, a huge run in terms of filling millions of homes with music uh, and and really making it easy to have multiple rooms filled with music and leverage all the services that are out there. Originally, it was iTunes and uh, downloading your music. And then we shifted to streaming music. So supporting all this music services that are out there and allowing those to easily play all throughout your house.
2: It's kind of amazing because Sonos has been around for around 15 years now. And when I think about The products, it's. I mean, the company has evolved in its products, but it's been sort of just iterative in the sense that you've just gone with the times. Like there used to be, um, what is it called, a bridge, and Mm -hmm. now there's no longer a bridge. bridge. And then it supported this service, and then eventually it supported the next service. Real networks was in there. Then it eventually got voice control. You know, right? But it was. It's sort of been this. This. It seems like it's been kind of a slow growth path, just in terms of. The product iterations?
3: Well, I'd say two things. I'd I'd say one, the company was a little ahead of its time, quite frankly, in terms of working through some of that. Right. And so this is one of the important things I think with tech is making sure that you're not spending ahead of the cycle and too far ahead of times. And, And I think the team did a really good job of kind of measuring that along the way. And then the other thing I would say is everybody looks at tech from a mobile lens and they think about the, the annual cycle of new devices and of what we call you know, disposable tech. When you're building something for the home, I think it's quite different. I, since my background is in mobile, I think I've really come to understand that difference. And so when you're building it for the home, People don't want to see the products changing every year, you know, you want to work on something that that is has longevity, really, and that is going to get better over time with software, for instance, and new services, but it's got to be something that is going to take a place in your home for a matter of years. And so as we think about the products and think about the things that we add to them, we're very deliberate in terms of creating a curated set of products which are going to fill your home with music but not create the kind of tech you know cycles and repurchase cycles that the world's kind of yeah. become accustomed to so, right with mobile
1: that said mm-hmm. you've mm-hmm. got competitors going to be doing that like doing bringing these new home devices these sound devices these music devices in the home now how much how much uh, you've been around a long time you're still private uh, how much money have you raised overall
3: uh, you know, we've done a bunch of rounds. I think it's about 150 million probably to this point. It's a lot of money. Yeah.
1: Right. Because consumer electronics are very expensive. And when was the last round?
3: The last time we raised primary was in 2012. So
1: it was a while ago. Have yep. you raised money since then? No, secretly, we have Secretly without telling us? No, you no we've,
3: you'll and, see, you'll see we've done some secondaries in there, but the, I mean, the thing is we're profitable uh, and growing. So mm-hmm. we, we've been able right. to kind of set, you know, our own destiny.
1: And, you know, consumer electronics is a really hard area to work in. Obviously, you've seen job struggle, a lot of other, a lot of them have struggled. Um, do you, uh, has sale been an, 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 a thing that you've thought of? Because like here you have these massive competitors coming into the market and we had, we had the Eero CEO. This is, this is a normal question for a lot of these consumer home products.
3: No, like, is that a it,
1: worrisome it, thing for you guys?
3: No, you know I think the really the focus for us has been how do we build it in a different kind of way than I think most CE companies. And so, thirty percent of our sales come from existing customers. What's different for every oh, year? What, what's different for us is we've built the system right. And as you guys know and have probably seen, you know you can add another Sonos to that system. And what happens every time we bring out a new product, like. Playbar or Playbase or the Sonos One, we see a big chunk of our customers going back and buying it. But even when we don't introduce a new product, every year consistently, the entire five years I've been at the company, it's steady that, you know, 30% of our sales are coming from uh, that group of people. And really, you know, it's it's our customers who love the experience that are telling other customers to our other people to go buy it. And that's helping drive what we have there. So we've we've built a really nice business in terms of uh, you know having kind of a consistent level of people that are coming back and buying more. Uh, and certainly it's it, you know it's a, a competitive business and everything that comes around that. But you know there were a lot of people back when we started that were saying there's no way you could ever compete with Bose and Sony and the heavyweights of audio at right. the time, right? And so here we are. Now you have all later, new competitors. Right? Yeah exactly you know I, I was joking <laughs> I, 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 I was joking with the team. The reward for you know having disrupted the space and really over the last decade kind of taken the home audio crowd is to get to compete with uh, Apple and Google and Amazon. Yeah, Yeah, if
2: you just stick around long enough. I'm going to give you a little piece of of free advice, Patrick, based on my non-CEO experience, which is don't get into fitness trackers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And you're welcome. Okay, so now lots of people are talking about speakers because of voice. And and I mentioned earlier, due in large part to Amazon, but now Google and Apple and others are making voice-controlled speakers too. But it took you guys a long time, yeah. relatively speaking, to get on board with voices. Voice. You, you just launched the Sonos One last October, uh, which people were very excited about, and that works with Alexa. Talk about that process. Why did it take so long for that to come to? I mean, there's the obvious thing, which is you had to build in a certain type of microphone into the hardware itself. But Alexa's been around for a while now. So why did that take so long?
3: Well, I think you know part of it is when you're... You know, when you're first born as a company and everybody's telling you, uh, you, you know there 's no way you can succeed against all these companies. You actually create a bit of a culture of uh, you know, almost defiance to some degree of hey you know um, everybody 's telling you you can 't do it and you actually work through and you have to steel yourself against doing it and to some degree, I would say because i 've seen this now at both rim um, and here at sonos is is you almost steel yourself too hard against that, and in some cases you can almost uh, look at it and say okay well that you you know, there's all these things that are coming at you, and really deciding which ones are real and going to be beneficial to the customer becomes a bit of a challenge because you've had to steel yourself against that. And I think there was a little bit of that for us with voice and the idea that you know, because we'd played with it, there was a lot of different things happening in voice. And so at first, I'd say we looked at it, and there wasn't quite the recognition that needed to be of, hey, this is a real thing. And I started ringing the alarm bell. Um, I try to get every new product that comes out and uh, get start using it. And so it was, it was an alarm bell. I ring and the team then did a really good job we all did together of recognizing okay this is something that is happening and something we need to jump on but it takes a little long when was
2: that actual point like so the echo came out i believe in november of 2014 and it sounds like you're saying, okay, we didn't know if this was just a fad or like if voice control was really going to be powerful in some way. But then you said you sounded the alarm bell. When did that happen? What was the tipping point for you?
3: That was, so that would have been a early 16, I want to say, is when it had become real. Because you're right, it came out, it might have come out the summer of 15, I want to say. And uh, it's kind of where I think it might have been. Uh,
2: or Oh, you know, you're right. It was announced in November yeah, of 2014. Yeah, yeah. They so, just like appeared on the website one day. Yeah, so, so it, it became just, real, you know, and It it became
3: Mm -hmm. real that holiday season, uh, in my mind. And then so we really got on it at the beginning of 16. And, And of course, you go through the cycles of what's the right thing to do here. And I liken it a lot at that time in terms of thinking strategically about it to what we went through with music services, which was, is that something that's going to develop on its own? Where's our strengths? Where's our capabilities? And then where are others? And so just the same way that we decided to partner with the likes of Spotify and Pandora and all the great services we do today, as opposed to build our own. We said, hey, Amazon, Google, Microsoft are working on these voice services. Uh, you know, I saw them very similar to the way we've seen music services develop and the fact that there would be a number of them out there. And this is a really nascent area. So why don't we go partner with the leader in that space, uh, Amazon? And so as <laughs> we started working with them, uh, And Dave Limp and that team uh, was very open to that, which Uh, I think it's been fantastic and allowed us to get uh, the Sonos One out, and and it does take us, uh, it did take us a little longer, you know, to get it out because we wanted to make sure that we did it in a. Uh, in a really reliable way and the high quality kind of way that we expect, but also that we're building a platform that supports multiple voice services, right? That's very important but do you, from but our side.
2: So you didn't enter into any kind of exclusivity agreement with Amazon when you did the one. Like no, you can no. support other voice services on the one. Technically correct, speaking. correct,
3: correct. We are, you know, we, and we've been very upfront about this. I've been very public about this, but also uh, I believe it's one of the reasons that we've had good partnerships, both with streaming services. And remember on the streaming service, side, that includes Apple, that includes Google, that includes Amazon, Spotify, uh, is because we're very transparent about that. And I I went to, you know, all of them uh, and said, look, this is what we plan to do. We plan to do it just like we've done music services. Uh, We're going to have multiple voice services because we believe that's the right thing for the customer. And again, I think this is a difference versus the mobile space where it's a very personal device. You're going to use maybe one set of services that matter to you. We know in the home, there's multiple music services used. My spouse uses a different one than I do. My children use a different one. And with voice services, I see it developing very similarly so to what we've seen. So you
1: from Siri to if you Correct. Let you. Correct. Right. Exactly. If right. let exactly. You. Are you in discussions with them right now?
3: We've been talking to everybody, and I remain very that's optimistic. An we re- need to which, is company,
2: which is the which company? Which is the company you've you dealt talk- with that demands exclusivity? Which is the company's like you can't date anybody else? It's Nobody.
3: No one has demanded exclusivity.
1: But they haven't given you permission to use it, right?
3: Well, no one's demanded exclusivity, and no one has. Said, right. No one has said. Also, no one has said. You know, you can't have other services on your platform. So, well, it's a little like cable.
1: They eventually gave in and put Netflix on Comcast. Eventually, it's eventually. No no one thinking of the consumer ever. Well, and look,
3: and look. I mean, the the reality is, we're in millions of the most desirable homes around the world with a loyal following from customers. Right? And Mm -hmm. look, you know, Amazon, Google, they have different motivations for what they're doing at the highest level in terms of what they're really trying to do here. And so, uh, I look at it and say, in in those cases, they're building speakers often with a bigger picture in mind, which is this idea, right, of search or of of commerce, right, and everything that comes with it. And so, you know, they've been eager to partner with us because we offer an opportunity for them to um, be able to do what they need to do to be successful long term.
1: Right, presumably. Um, still, they, they, it's in, they all have different goals, absolutely. Correct, correct. So t- let's talk overall about voice control. Obviously, it's getting to be a bigger thing. People have um, been going on this for years and years. This is not a new thing. But um, how does it change? You know, obviously, I think probably the thing most on yours is music, but there's other things people can do with these voice services. Um, so can you talk a little bit about the overall market and where it's going and how you see it going towards
3: yeah, I think it's kind of funny because, you know, I think you well, you guys probably look at this too, but coming out of CES last year, Amazon was declared the winner and then coming out of CES this year, it was Amazon and Google are both competing, but you know, uh, everybody's farther behind. It is so early. It reminds me of, I think it was CES uh, 2000 and well, when was it 2011 maybe where there were no, it was before that when there were 100 tablets announced, it was after the CES after the iPad, yeah. there were 100 tablets announced. I remember I think the Motorola Zoom was the product of the show. And yet, like three of them, you know, actually went out went out that time. So I think we're in one of those hype cycles at this particular point in time. And I think Microsoft has great Cortana product. Uh, you know, I've, I've talked to Baidu and Tencent as well, they have great uh, voice systems. Right now, we're at the point where it's these ask anything assistants, and what I think you'll see and obviously, Amazon's got their skills as they've approached this and Google's trying to get people to build other uh, skill like things on top of their platform. But I think you're going to see in the next phase, a few more ask anything assistants emerge, but also this idea of vertical experiences. So whether it's us, uh, in, or any music services, right thinking about a voice service, which is in the domain of music, or thinking about something that may be unique to an individual out there, any kind of experience around TV, there's going to be a bunch of verticals that emerge, I think, over time, much like the way apps have emerged uh, in the mobile mm-hmm. space. And so I think we're sense. just at the beginning, right, of what's happening in that particular area. And it's why, it's why I think it's so important to build something that will allow customers to be able to accept any of those in the future uh, is, is kind of our philosophy, right? Be open around uh, making sure that people aren't going to be dead ended one way or the other.
2: How do you think voice has changed or will change the discovery process for music? I mean, I think there's very just based on my consumer experience, there's a very different, there's a very different experience just going to your phone or tablet or whatever it is and typing in the thing you want to listen to and pulling that up versus using your voice, and sometimes you can be very specific. So just depending on the specificity, you could get the thing you want, but sometimes you're just like, play this playlist or play this mood or this genre. And like, I wonder what that's doing to content making. I wonder what that's doing to the way people think about how they promote the content that they know is going to be searched by voice.
3: Uh, and I don't think we've figured out yet how... Because people will often kick it off with, from what I've seen uh, in our research shows, people will kick it off with something more general, like play me some of this artist or play me some top hits, right? And kind of get into it that way. And it almost begs the question of how do you start to create that interactive back and forth and to be able to say, hey, I like this, you know, play some more of this, but who is this artist? And then start to, if we're doing this well, be able to use the system to come back and say, oh, and that artist is going to be you know, in your town, you know, in a week if you want to go see them. There's a bunch of things that I hope we'll be able to use to help artists get discovered and get heard. But I think the first phase, there's been a lot of speculation about music with streaming and everything around it of kind of this narrowing of what everybody's listening to and everybody's listening to the same songs and the same kind of approach. And I'm optimistic that voice may give us a way to help people really discover other things as they get into it. And so, but it has to be a two-way conversation. And we're just in the early days uh, of how we do that.
1: Spotify does that a lot. Spotify does that a lot. They do, I've seen things they suggest me and then I just listen to, tell I listen to what my kid tells me to listen to. Right. Yeah. But like, you know how people, you you know, would would like game the phone book, right? By
2: having, starting their business with like double A or triple A or whatever it is. What is the equivalent of that, of having your content surfaced via voice command in a way? Like is it, do you start all your songs with like, tell me a joke? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you,
3: I'll tell you a danger, quite frankly, is that, you know, if you if you were led by the profit motive as a service, you could play things that uh, you've either bought the licensing to or you have, uh, you don't have to pay as much for right. And so you could almost sway people towards things which are less expensive for you to play. Than other things, and I don't think that would be great from a artist perspective or from a consumer perspective. But as you think about, I guess the dark side of it, that is something that could uh, occur.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, uh, we're uh, good. Sorry, I'm going to ask one more question. Yeah, We got to get to our reader questions in a minute. But when you're looking at what you're doing, you're you're essentially a music service, right? I mean, you usually music is the main thing people use for you. Correct or not?
3: Well, we, we've we actually expanded that. So the way I talk about it is the sound platform for the home. And we've talked about the fact we're adding airplay. Um, we're at it. We've added all these services. We spot we support Spotify natively now. Um, it's been music to this point, but really what we see is being able to play any sound in your home out loud on Sonos, and that should be a super easy thing to do, and we have work to do to make it happen, but that's everything we've been doing on the software front. Mostly it's music,
1: right? It's mostly music. Like, Whether the sound bars for TV. The sound bars know? for TV. It's a better TV sound, yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
3: And, and really... I don't
1: have any other sound needs at home, I'm trying to think of. Well, yeah, sound. so
3: TV, you know, there's a lot on the internet now, and the, and the sonic internet as we think about it, really the, the ability to ask you know, the internet for content, whether it's podcasts, yeah. right, or or music, or uh, great Netflix shows or whatever it may have you. Or information. You. And be able to, yeah, information, exactly, and be able to bring that down. And we think people want to be able to experience that in a, uh, in a great way. And that's really what we're making sure we build our software platform mm-hmm. to enable. Because, you know, this is as much about software and the integration to the internet as it is about the hardware that we build.
1: Lauren, what are your sound needs at home? I always ask, who is Kara Swisher? Do you? Yeah.
2: I don't think <laughs> I and have one CD page, page so I don't ask Carol Swisher is an American <laughs> technology journalist. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. very short. Uh, I'm going to start using that as my as my sample. When I need to test stuff. I <laughs> yeah. use it for I use my voice control. So voice control speakers specifically I use for timers mostly. Yeah. Almost timers almost things, 90% yeah. of the time is timers. The rest of the time is music. Uh, and then uh, but otherwise I use the Sonos for music. That's music. what I use the Sonos music, for and I really and like it. And TV loud okay, real loud. Okay, I have TV. to ask you though. Uh, How afraid are you of Apple and the HomePod? What are your thoughts so far on HomePod? What you know about it?
3: I have great respect for Apple, for sure. And they make great products. I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, since they're very much kind of, the way I look at it, going through the stack of their services, you know, trying to promote Apple Music, it only works with the iPhone, that type of approach. Again, I just... The, the one thing I have I th- a problem with uh, the that one thing I think yeah the one thing I think gets missed a bit uh, from all the big tech companies that are looking at the space is the idea of the home being a little different and there being multiple users and multiple services and I think consumers are going to demand that they be able to listen to any service they want be you know use any voice service they want and so we feel good about our position uh, versus all the others in uh, in the space
2: I will say the one thing that has occurred to me recently as I thought about the Google speakers and Apple speaker versus an Alexa speaker is there's such a sense of like ownership of the accounts I have with Apple and Google. Like I have an iCloud account and that's my iMessage and that's my mail. And then Google, I have all my mail on my calendars and everything else. Mm-hmm. And Alexa, I have like no, I mean, I have, I, I buy like cat food through it and stuff on it, you know, cleaning supplies mm-hmm. on Amazon, but I don't. I don't actually feel like a sense of ownership. Well, now you're going to get your healthcare over, through
1: it in case you're or potentially uh-huh.
2: Well, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's the future that's zooming right at oh, us. But, but in the sense that if, if there are multiple people in a household and you go to like, you know, query something in your Google assistant, yeah. they're supposed to do account switching, but like are you really guaranteed there's going to be account switching? I don't know, it just feels like Alexa is the sort of more neutral platform in terms of personalized information that lives on a speaker in your house. Yeah.
3: Well, I, the way but the way I look at it is, is that I'm sure for both of you, you have something across each of those kind of platforms of Apple, Google and Amazon, and you want to use Amazon to order things through Prime and you want to use Google to do certain searches and you want to use maybe iMessage, right? But you shouldn't have to buy, you know, three separate speakers to make that happen. And I I feel like that's a little bit at what's at play today. And I just don't see that being the right approach for the long term.
1: We'll see.
2: Well, Patrick, uh, make that happen. Make that would happen. You, yeah. Would yeah. you? Okay. We're, hey, we're working on, other on it. We're working on it, yes. Yeah, okay, when is it. that going to happen, though? What's the timeline?
3: For which, sorry.
2: That's what he's working on, Lauren. He's got to
1: go up and meet those people, and then they say no, and then he goes <laughs> away and comes
2: back. I think it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Put a little so we heat have, on it. Have,
3: so so we I'm sure he's got a heat. We have Alexa on our platform today. He's got huge heat with Amazon, Apple, and Google. Wow. So we have Alexa on our platform. i sure the minute he calls, they
1: drop everything. No, I mean,
2: it's good for us as a journalist.
3: Put, the heat, Put the heat on and say, when? We have Alexa on our platform today. And, you know, you can control right. your existing Sonos if you're a customer with a dot or an echo, uh, which I think is great. Or you can, you know, buy a Sonos One and you can have Alexa integrated in that experience. We've already announced that we're working on the same thing with Google. Uh, so we'll have Google Assistant this year uh, on the Sonos One platform as well. Uh, which is going to be exciting. And I think the other thing from an open platform perspective that's really important is AirPlay, which is something else that we're delivering this year. AirPlay V2, we've looked at, mm-hmm. we work closely with Apple. Uh, we have a great relationship with them from the Apple Music side. And so uh, it's good technology as we think about being able to play everything from your iOS device. So you'll see us also implement uh, AirPlay this year. So good. we're excited we're about still- all hold of that. that thought. We're working hold with that thought. all of We're going to get to that. Questions. We have a
1: lot of questions about that. All, oh, right. all right. In a minute, good. we're going to read some questions about uh, speakers and wireless speakers and the new speaking thing from our readers and listeners. And Patrick is going to answer them. Lauren? Hashtag money. Hashtag buy me some speakers, Karis, for sure. Actually, today's sponsor didn't pay for this ad. We're giving it to him for free. (laughs) Here's some guy named Peter Kafka. Oh,
2: Peter.
0: Hey, this is Peter Kafka. I'm the host of Recode Media. If you like this podcast, you will also enjoy Code Media. It's basically a live version. A podcast just like this. It's a two day gathering of the smartest and most interesting people in the media world. Kara Swisher and I will talk to them live on stage in Huntington Beach, California. It's a very nice place to be in February. You will also learn a lot. You will help your career. You will help your company. We want you to be there. Speakers include YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki, HuffPost editor in chief Lydia Paul Green. Maggie Haberman, who you've probably heard of, uh, Adam Mosseri, who runs Facebook Newsfeed, lots and lots of smart, interesting people. You should be one of them in attendance. Code Media is February twelfth and thirteenth in Southern California. You can attend by going to recode.net/events.
1: I'm really excited for Code Media. It actually is going to be great. We just signed up Rose McGowan, and we've got like an astonishing array of, of media-focused speakers. It's going to be great. Um, and Lauren will be there, too. Are you coming? I'll be there. Oh, wow. We're going to tape some podcasts there with people in attendance, right? We
2: are. It's going to be great. So, Fantastic.
1: Um, stay tuned. So Code excited. Media, and I'm going to Can't take care of wait. surfing. What? You're going to surfing. Yeah, I'm taking surfing lessons on my vacation, but we'll get into that later. All right, we're back with Sonos CEO Patrick Spence, and now we're going to take some questions from our readers and listeners. Lauren, would you like to read the first question? I would love to. We're uh, splitting them up. Uh,
2: the first bunch of questions are all about supporting apps and services. This is an email from Jim Prosser. Hey, Lauren and Kara. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Here's a question for Sonos CEO Patrick Spence from me, a Google ecosystem-loving Sonos customer. How close are we to getting the promised Google Assistant support for Sonos devices? Did Amazon pay you for a window of voice assistant
1: exclusivity? got a lot of questions at Jim. That's because he's waiting for, for Anthony Noto to come. He's He works at SoFi, and he used to work at Trey. That's right. And now he's got Anthony Noto again on You're his man. ass. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jim. Anyway, so he's got a lot of time on his hands. Go
3: ahead. An interesting Sorry. question. Uh, so, l- like we discussed earlier, you know, there's no exclusivity on our platform. We, we're trying to do this in the interest of the consumer, and we will have Google Assistant out this year. We're working through it right now.
2: Oh, did okay. you, are you from Canada? A, there wasn't even a window. I am from of Canada, Kara. You got it He's right. You worked for
1: Research and Motion. That's right. Of course. Hello. <laughs> up in, where's
3: that Waterloo. up there? Up in Waterloo. 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 Waterloo.
1: Waterloo. Oh, that poor guy. We had him at co- <laughs> we had him at All Things D once, and he looked like he was going to vomit on stage. What's Who? His
3: name? The, the no, CEO. that was Mike. That was yes. yeah. oh. yes. Mike Lazaridis. Yes. Yes.
1: He was mad at Kara Swisher. I remember that. Anyway, I think I asked a question about third world countries, but I don't remember. He didn't like it. Anyway, uh, so and no exclusivity next this year.
2: No, right? no exclusivity.
3: Correct? No, no, no exclusivity. And, and
2: how? Ha- and, and we're going to Google Assistant support this year. Correct. This year. Okay. You know, the year just started, and we got eleven months to go. So it'd be great if you could just. Oh, Laura, carve that, 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 that into, so like, selfish. a smaller
1: this, window. This year, I this, this year, Clam down.
2: Don't be so selfish. You know, I, I think someone
1: taught me to be that way, and I think it might have been you. I don't know. <laughs> Sources tell me. All right, in any case, everyone create everything for Laura, and let's keep that in mind. All right, email uh, from Kevin Kelly. Any chance Sonos will be uh, get around to supporting the Overcast podcast app? As a more general question, how does Sonos determine what service apps be are fully integrated into the Sonos system? That's a very good question. Is it driven by Sonos or the developer or just... What you feel like doing,
3: Patrick. <laughs> it's, it's determined by what our customers are really asking for and, and, and what we see happening out there. So we do add more. And actually, we've been opening the APIs quite a bit to allow others to tie in. Uh, so we've got an open API called Smappy that allows people to tie in. And so developers do do a little work on that. But look, it, it, AirPlay 2 is also going to enable uh, a bunch of people to be able to play their content pretty easily on the system. So well, we're, we're taking multiple paths to just make it easier. Speaking
1: of which, there's a second question from Eric Johnson here who slipped one in. I brought a Sonos One speaker which works with Alexa, but I can't play music from my local iTunes music library, even though the Sonos app can. Why is that and when will that be possible?
3: Ah, yeah. So mm. I think, I suspect he's referring to like through voice. And so <laughs> we use the... Uh, services that Alexa ties into today, but we are doing work on the ability to tie into all the services that Sonos supports, and so that's something that we're hoping to deliver later this year as well. Right. So the
2: issue is that Alexa isn't going to support your local iTunes music, so you say Alexa played this, and it's not Alexa, because it's Amazon, is not going to default to the Apple service. Absolutely exactly. Or it. other services, right, as,
3: as you think about using Alexa, maybe Alexa doesn't have a tie in to Apple Music, for instance, but that's something that we do have a tie into. So we feel like we should be able to bridge that gap. And we're working on that right now. All
2: right. Next one. Dami Lee, who is um, a fabulously talented uh, comic artist hmm. who also happens to work at The Verge, you say so? She's great. Uh, When is YouTube integration coming? Please. I want to blast cooking with dog and my family is dying.
1: I don't what? Know what I don't know. What the <laughs> hell is this? Another YouTube show. <laughs> so Every time I turn around, Google weird. YouTube cooking show. with dog. All right.
3: <laughs> so we're, we're definitely you know, we, is a, we support uh, the tenth ring
1: of hell. But anyway, sorry. That's ahead.
3: okay. We support Google Play Music today. We're talking to uh, Google about that. But also, I, I'd also say AirPlay will give people an ability to do that. That's one of the things that I suspect a lot of right. people will actually take advantage of.
1: I see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Next question. Ben Scheffer. Okay. Sonus does not support Bluetooth, but will support playing something you download locally onto your phone. Can't I have just some form of streaming support, e.g. stream, for example, streaming uh, Apple Podcasts app?
3: Uh, No, because there's some work involved in making sure. uh, Quality experience, the reason we don't do Bluetooth is actually uh, it's just not a great experience for the kind of reliability you need in your home kind of quality uh, sound that we're going Mm -hmm. forward to. And so the work that has to be done to tie these services into the platform uh, is worth it in the end. And so with each one, we have to do that. But again, I would say with the uh, Apple iOS podcast, you could uh, easily use AirPlay too to be able to do that.
2: AirPlay, Airplay 2, Yeah, answers. but AirPlay. But what about Android?
3: Uh, that one, you'd have to wait for the integrations as well.
2: Right. I mean, the AirPlay Two is the solution for everybody with an iPhone. But, yeah. yeah. You know, and
3: that's a. Bi- that's for a lot a bi- of that's a big group of people. But that's a big group of people, uh, particularly on our platform.
2: Yeah. you Oh, interesting. Do a lot what percentage of your of your customer base uses iPhone? Uh, the majority. Is that like fifty one percent, or is that like eighty five percent? The majority. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i that. that at Recode, you <laughs>
1: know, we do when they do the studies, they're all using iPhones.
2: So. That doesn't surprise me. Just saying.
1: Yeah. I know this will come as a shock. They're all white men. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, I Not think all. this question is from another guy. All right.
2: Jake Polensky. I'm going to call him high-maintenance Jake because he had three questions. Wow, Jake. When will we see a Play Bar with Atmos support? there will be Atmos. When will we see a Sonos app for Apple TV? Good. And then this one's a statement. Please start selling extra short power cables
1: for all
3: I your I agree speakers. with that one. Really? That's I a agree. That's a big... Issue for you?
1: Yeah, because I want them. I want. I like everything all neat. I'm just anal retentive.
3: There are a couple. There, there (laughs) are choice on the last one. There are a couple partners uh, like Flexon that sell uh, extra short. Power cables, so that you can get today. Uh, Apple TV. We've been looking at. We we think about this in terms of what's the next big control mechanism. And from what we've talked to to customers about, and kind of thought ourselves, we've put more focus on voice, quite frankly, than we have on either you know uh, Apple Watch or Apple TV, because that's where we see a lot of the action right now. We'll see kind of how it hmm. develops and whether Apple TV is something that we should. Uh, put more resources to, but haven't really seen a demand for that right now. And then on Atmos, I would say that that is interesting technology. We're looking at it. You know, there's so much uh, there's always so much tech and all these new standards that come through in audio. We're pretty skeptical to begin with of are they really creating a much better experience for the listener? And is it worth it? Uh, but Atmos is one that does look like it holds uh, some of some more promise than many of the others that have come along. So it's one that uh, we're working through to see if it's something we should add to our platform.
1: It, it is Dolby. Like I was in a the theater the other day and literally I thought they're going to blow my head off with the Dolby whatever. So I was one of those Dolby theaters, yeah. Atmos mm-hmm. theaters. Was it the one yep. here in San Francisco? I don't know. I think it was in D- I don't know whatever. I had a headache. And it wasn't a movie that you would listen to. It wasn't like a Marvel movie or Black Panther or something like that. It was like some, it was a chatty movie. And I was like, we don't need Dolby for this. Interesting. You were totally going to
2: get a call. Well, no,
3: but that's really (laughs) important. That's that's really important because, for instance, like one of the biggest use cases of Playbar, we added this enhanced voice capability to make you know people be able to hear the voices on the television much better and yeah, that's way too. more important than blowing somebody away right and so that's the way right. we like to approach it too which is like okay well what is what really matters to the customer here versus right. tried out yeah it does that's why that's why right? i like my so, yeah.
1: sound bar because i can hear the voices better mm-hmm. it, it's just it's just a better experience and stuff like that mm-hmm. although i have to say i watched Geostorm the other days and i wish i couldn't have heard any of it anyway uh, <laughs> this is the next from kevin lamb Love the show and my Sonos speakers. Like a, in that perfect, order. In that order. Um, <laughs> do you have plans to be, in building Alexa into bigger speakers, perhaps a Sonos Three or a Sonos Five?
3: You know, the nice thing about the way we approach these things is you can uh, you know you can rest assured that everything that we're doing right now around voice uh, or music services or AirPlay Two will go into all the products that we're working on, and we want to bring this to the entire range. So we're working on making sure all the all the things you see today on the One are ultimately available on our entire platform. And you know, again, we don't we try not to leave our customers stranded, which is why we work so hard with Amazon to allow the dot and the echo to be able to control your sonos too. If you don't if you've filled your entire home with sonos, we don't want you feeling like you can add voice into the equation, hence the the work with Amazon on that front.
2: All right, so, so you are good. looking at building them into Sonos uh, 3 and well. Absolutely. 5.
3: Yeah, well, into other products that we have uh, envisioned for the future. So we got a lot of products we're working on, and uh, you can bet Voice uh, will be front and center.
2: AirPlay 2, we did get a lot of it's questions topical. about that, and you've and mentioned you want, this it. is important to Yeah, you've mentioned it. Camel uh, Kamel Grana on Twitter, will AirPlay 2 come to the Play 1 only, or will it come to my old Play 1 Two thanks, hashtag to embarrassed, um, <laughs> someone with the Twitter handle Toxic Path. Is it true that Sonos will support AirPlay 2 and thus work alongside other multi-room speakers that support AirPlay 2? Now, my understanding is that um, you've you've established that you're going to support AirPlay 2 when it comes out, but AirPlay 2 you're waiting on Apple at this point, correct?
3: That's correct, and it will. You know, we're trying to make sure that we can support that on as many of our products as we can, uh, but we're still working through uh, which ones that'll work for.
2: And so, t- talk about what is going to be super special about AirPlay 2 that's going to enable all of this like things like app support and thing like things like that we've talked about that's going yeah, to enable that to
3: happen I, I mean it just allows that native app support you know we, we've gone and done work with Spotify, with Pandora uh, and with Google Play Music to be able to allow that native support but the AirPlay 2 really will allow anybody to play quickly anything from the native app to a Sonos speaker and you know really Apple's done a fantastic job with AirPlay 2 to create Uh, like a setup that's much more reliable so we think it's something that's going to be really good for the consumer
1: all right all right next one is outdoor speakers Um, the last questions Uh, Joe Conklin um, huge fan of Sonos but wondering why they haven't come up with a true outdoor speaker yet yes that's a good I bring mine some of them outside by the way great podcast thank you Um, so outdoor speaker why not an outdoor speaker
3: yeah definitely something you know we think about the entire home and what products we have to fit which spot of the home and that is one that uh, we think there's a big opportunity in, and uh, you can imagine we're uh, we're thinking hard about that one. On. So yeah, and there's different, you know, and there's a whole bunch of different um, use cases around that. So we've been looking at how do people really want to use it, and do they want to, you know, do they want the rock in the garden speaker that's permanent there, or do they want something uh, else in terms of the experience? So we've been working through that one, but that's one that um, is very, very interesting to us
1: or portable the portable i guess you can't really have a portable Sonos cuz you need to be with the system right a port- more portable Sonos i guess they like you put it out in the garden right?
2: yeah untethered. untethered are you looking you're looking at some type of solution where it's completely untethered is that what you're
3: saying? We're, we're looking at like what the best kind of customer use case will be around that. So those are mm-hmm. well, what you guys have raised is definitely the things that we're uh, considering as part of what we're doing for for outdoors.
2: Michael Padden uh, at Pado on Twitter also wrote in about outdoor speakers saying he really uh, needed weather. He really needs weatherproof ones for outside. Mm-hmm. But he has some advice, which is please keep it simple and don't overload with features. Yep. It needs to be about the music. Not the shopping and washing. I was intrigued by the washing part.
3: See, <laughs> washing? I
2: don't know. What's the washing? Do you wash your speakers?
3: No, don't wash the speakers. You wa-
2: not the shopping, comma, washing. 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 Maybe he means watching. Watching. But maybe watching. Oh, maybe you watching. watching. You watching watch yeah. on like yeah. the Echo Show and, yeah. and the new Google Speaking sp- displays. Speaking of you know, there's
1: a new thing in the mission that's driving everybody crazy because it's so millennial. Uh, what and is it? A techie. It's called Laundre with an apostrophe. Why? I don't know. I'm just mentioning it so they hate washing. <laughs> <laughs> they have nice speakers in there, by the way. Oh, I I'm think you they have the name be Sonos. Your, outdoor, your outdoor Sonos when you the launch laundress. it. The Sonos Laundre.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not for washing. Not for <laughs> washing. Um, so, so is there a time frame as you're just looking at it or just?
3: Yeah, no, uh, we're yeah, we're working on a ton of stuff. So uh, we we're not big fans of uh, announcing products way before they're ready. Uh, I think you can look back at our history and see. So when we are ready with our new products, we are we gladly come tell the world. So you, you'll be hearing you'll be hearing from us. Uh, soon they're
2: enough. interested in Akira. They're That's interested. what the oh, the company say. Like they're when I ask, are you looking it, at, we're at smart interesting glasses? Interesting are you looking at things for you know all this? They go we're. It's interesting it's to an us. interesting, it's compelling interesting. idea. It's
1: an interesting, compelling idea. Yeah, we were talking to, about this healthcare thing with the Amazon. They have no information whatsoever. <laughs> like, it will be a healthcare thing. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> and then everyone was like, wow! Like... But no details whatsoever. Anyway, but so that's in this genre, I guess. So speakers are coming at some point because they're yeah. interesting. Sonos make it into healthcare. He- Sonos make
3: healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute, then wait, wait a minute. You'll get Jeff Bezos coming up
1: to it, and going, "Yeah, I'm gonna sue you." Uh, hey, we're putting <laughs> we're putting, we're putting Alexa
3: in lots of homes. So I you think we'll be thank you guys. and Jobs us. have
1: the same personality, so yeah. that could happen. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, Patrick. This is very helpful. As Sonos is a great product. I have, I've had them for years and I, they've always been high quality. And, you know, you could go with a lot of big companies, but it's, it's nice to have small companies like Aero and Sonos really succeed. It's nice to see it. Anyway, uh, this has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Again, Patrick, thank you for joining us.
3: Thank you. It's been fun.
2: Yes, thanks so much, Patrick. And if you all enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show, and you can leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask.
1: When you subscribe, be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music,
2: wherever you listen to podcasts, all the services that are on Sonos, Mm -hmm. except there's that whole thing about podcasts on Sonos, but it's going to get there. Mm -hmm. Or you can listen to every episode at
1: recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other shows, Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has a great podcast. It's called The Verge Cast. It's hosted by Nilay
2: Patel. Ashley Carmen, and Caitlin Tiffany host Why'd You Push That Button? Button. Uh-uh. Button. And keep an eye out for even more Verge podcasts coming soon, like the one from Casey Newton. That's
1: true. Suppose Allegedly. Allegedly. Don't forget to tweet in. your questions ahead of time to at recode with the hashtag #TooEmbarrassed, or email them to #TooEmbarrassed at recode.net.
2: Thank you for listening and thank you to to our sponsors thanks also to cadence 13 and vox media which sells those ads so you can listen to this show for free thanks to our editor joel robbie and of course our producer eric johnson we'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask so tune in then